and welcome to Women Talk About Horror, the show where women talk about horror. I'm your host, Kitty, and today I've got Starly and Vivian with me, and we're going to talk about Penny Dreadful. Thank you so much, guys, for talking this out with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for giving us a platform, because I, for one, have a lot of feelings about Penny Dreadful. (laughs) (laughs) Years later, and I'm still not okay. I, yeah, I didn't realize it had ended in 2017 until I was looking it up earlier. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. No, it doesn't. You know, it feels it does, like it was just yesterday. It, <laughs> yeah. It does to me because I distinctly remember going through like a lot of personal things, you know, dating somebody from the swing dance community, which was the terrible idea in the first place, <laughs> um, around the time I was watching season three in real time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, we'll get to it, but that season three in real time had a real shocking bit to it. Had a lot. God, right? Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched Penny Dreadful don't know we are going to talk about spoilers so like I said the show has been out since 2017 so that shouldn't be shocking anybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's basically a world a little universe in London where there's vampires there's Dr. Frankenstein there's some sort of monster running around London killing people and all kind of comes together with this group um, trying to find, in the first season, they're trying to find uh, Sir Malcolm Murray's daughter, um, Nina. Mm-hmm. And it kind Tying of... Tying into our Dracula roots. Yes. Um, but a lot of the characters just have a lot of personal issues. Yes. Almost like different writers were drinking at different times and decided that they should have maybe reflective issues. There was there was some left turns and I'm like, wow, yeah, that does not seem at all like what our characters would be doing. Mm-hmm. So just do you guys have a favorite character? Ooh, uh, Catriona is up there for me because she's sort of like a centuries later Julie Dabigny, um, <laughs> sort of the bisexuals with swords and puffy shirt kind of meme. I think Catriona uh, pioneered for the for the modern era for the twenty uh, twenties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, after her, I, I I love the main character so much. You know, Eva Green just gives a, a intense performance every time. Um, oh, she was you know, screaming, just eating it up by Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she was eating it up absolutely Vanessa Ives was such a great character and and for it being kind of in a a tropey role that we typically see a woman in she turned it to a very strong character usually you know the ingenue Mm -hmm. is is uh completely helpless but what a badass she was Mm -hmm. in all of this I have to say that I really liked um our little bitch boy Dorian Gray Uh, (laughs) I absolutely loved him and I really had wished that he had had his own spinoff yeah that would have been oh desperately I didn't realize that actor was actually American until later on yeah and apparently he was the one who pioneered the Broadway Spider-Man yes yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah. Into the Dark. I can't think of Into the Dark without thinking of uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's parodying of it. Because <laughs> I, I can't take it seriously as a concept. The Spider-Man musical. And and uh, he went on from that to do uh, Hadestown, which, which is an incredible leap and bound from Spider-Man to Hadestown. <laughs> it truly is. Yeah. I think I've told you both my favorite character is... Um... 
Victor Frankenstein because I like characters where I can judge their life choices, and Victor makes that <laughs> so easy for me. Very Plus, easy. None he, of us have ever resurrected any human being. I mean, as, as, how as dare far you? As you I don't know my recall. life. That, know, that's fair. That's do. fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like too, you never get a book accurate Victor Frankenstein because in the book he's literally an undergrad who dropped out after a year to make a human, and in all the rest of the movies or just any other media with Frankenstein. And usually, you know, yeah. college students just do that on a drunken weekend. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just like, go get drunk and make a little human with some random person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like any other like media that has Frankenstein, he's always like this older doctor who um, is like respected and like kind of has his life together and that's not book victor at all so mm-hmm. i really like that we get a book accurate victor and just him being the mess that he always should be i agree he's, i agree he was very pitiable in a way <laughs> well it that actor in particular it really fucked with me because i'm looking at him and i'm Rewatching for some reason it was on television the new clash of the titans and i'm like this is the same actor that's not that's his up, twin brother and that was the, the yeah. revelation I got to because in my mind it was like this is not saying it's the I same the actor same and then thing. I had to search into it. It really fucked with me. I'm like, okay, does this person not look the same? Am I insane? <laughs> and then, well, his twin brother hasn't done too much since then, but he has gone on to do several more roles. And he does a lot of horror roles. He was also in Mr. Mercedes and he was real scary in Mr. Mercedes. I'm not usually a big Stephen King fan, but that one really creeped me out and him in particular creeped me out. We've talked about this before. I'm also not the biggest Stephen King fan, which I'm sure people who are listening to this who are horror aficionados will be like, how can you guys not love Stephen King? I love his son. (laughs) Joe Hill's writing is where my heart belongs. Um, We couldn't have a ton of the things we have without Stephen King. It's just not my speed. Same. Yeah. I I have mad respect for him. I don't think he's a bad writer. It's just not my type of stories. Exactly. I think that he's a phenomenal writer. And I, I, go ahead. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for me, he does too good a job of really just delving into my worst fears. I, I think of Gerald's game in particular. I think mm. it's amazing is that they're yeah. oh, so horrifying. There are some people who do not have a, a constant sort of underlying but very active fear of a degloving injury. And I feel like that has painted so many of my life choices, my have, fear of I a degloving injury. I, I'm shocked to hear that because it is also a big fear of mine. And I'm like, wait, people don't think about that. But then again, we are all white women who listen to way too much uh, horror <laughs> and true crime podcasts. Yes. So yes. absolutely that's something that's like prevalent at the front of our brains. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, but... Yeah, that actor really just, he's really good at horror roles, and he was really good as Victor, and he makes it easy for me to judge his life, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So easy. Yeah. But I mean, Eva Green really does kind of just kill it with everything in the show. I don't know if they could have had another actress in that role, and it the show be what it was. I agree. I don't think it would have ever been the same without her. Mm -hmm. I I adore Eva Green, but I will propose... If Emily Blunt wasn't forced into the sort of Disney mold that I feel she is by taking certain roles, I wonder if Emily Blunt could have pulled it off. Uh, but, I think but, Emily but I Blunt think that... would 
not have been so sinister. I think she could have done a lot of the, the d- depression and the depths and the sorrow yes, that we saw. Yes. But the sinister, when, we, when um, Vanessa very good takes those sin- the sinister role, I don't see Emily as much as that. Now, she's a fantastic actress, but I think Ava's got that cornered. Yes, yes, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vanessa's ability, or I should say Eva's ability to be so many different people within the character of Vanessa absolutely blew me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Likewise, um, Rory Kinnear, I believe is the name. Yes. Um, yes, who played who played uh, Caliban, who played uh, oh, how could Satan, you not essentially. Feel sympathy for him. Absolutely right. incredible. Yeah. That the is... sympathy that he, he emotes from you is unbelievable. Yeah, because it would have been easy but, for the actor just to play it to where it's not a sympathetic character, but he really brings something to the creature. More than more than I've yes. seen any other Frankenstein monster do, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very disturbing for me to see him in Black Mirror after that. Yes. Oh, that episode. Yeah, I just I, I just brought that Black image Mirror to the forefront, first. didn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's probably a little bit better than because seeing it afterwards, <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I did not realize it was the same actor for some time, actually. Because they have him so heavily made up on Penny Dreadful because of the, the, just the white skin with the black lips and the black hair. Yes. And the long yes. hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that episode where it's just him and Vanessa back when he's yep. still the orderly and he's basically so playing three roles. Like, it's insane. I love actors who can do that, who can emote so many different characters. Mm-hmm. Like the lead from Orphan Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's now going to be She-Hulk. Ooh. I was going to say, Orphan Black is another show everyone says I need to watch, and I know I do. <laughs> I just, I can only, I, can only uh, I guess, annex so much of my time and emotions <laughs> for serious dramas, and I, I leave the rest of my entertainment for, like, uh, you know, heavy, heavy genre things, I would say. <laughs> like campy horror, comedy... Uh, but I know I need to get into horror. Oh, and if you can get horror comedy together, that's one of my favorite subgenres of horror. Oh, that's perfect. Then you have Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have Dead. Evil Dead, and you have. Um, oh, now I can't think of it. Uh, Dale. Oh, I love that movie too. Tucker versus and Dale evil. versus Evil. Tucker and Dale versus <laughs> so Evil. Good. I absolutely love that <laughs> so film, good. and I'm sad. I'm so sad they haven't made a sequel because that movie deserves all the sequels. <laughs> Robbie yes. mentioned both of those in her episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love Robbie. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think about, I'm not sure it was that big of a twist. Like, I I know a lot of people say they saw it coming, but the big twist about Ethan being the wolf man at the end. No, I saw it coming. Okay. I didn't see it coming. You did? (laughs) I saw it coming a mile away. Right away. I was, I knew it. I was just along for the ride with like, wow, this guy fucks. Like this guy, (laughs) this guy's whole persona is, is fucking random people and like good for him. And wow, I'm so emotional about his relationship with the, you know, with the sex worker who's dying of tuberculosis. And God, I'm just so invested in Ethan. Oh my God, he's the wolf man. Like, I, 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 and I don't know I universal love... horror, or I didn't at the time, no universal horror, horror as well. Um, so I didn't recognize the name. Even. Well, they don't, they don't have that name. It's not until um, later on in season three where you find out his dad's last name is Talbot because that's the, that's the connection because his name is Ethan Lawrence Talbot and Mm -hmm. the, the, and he had changed it to Hyde. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he had changed mm-hmm. it to um to the his dad couldn't find him, but in yeah, the so Universal he was Ethan Chandler. Yeah. So in Universal it's Larry's Hobbit who is the wolf mm-hmm. man. Um but I thought it was a riff off of um a American Werewolf in London. So that I could definitely me, see that. Made me laugh. I mean, I, I've never actually seen American Werewolf in London, surprisingly. Um, I have to say, say, Josh Hartnett has such a range that he doesn't often yes. get to do because he did kind of start in those, um, you know, not quite a teen film, but <laughs> those romantic 90s type of movies. And he has such a depth to him that we first started seeing in Sin City. And mm-hmm. I'm so disappointed with midway through this entire series, how they just changed his personality completely. He's like, oh, you're my arch enemy and now you're my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he just didn't care about anybody and it didn't track. It didn't make yeah. sense. It didn't read well for yeah. the character. It was one of the things I was most angry about with the entirety of the show. It was like they got to the middle of season three and then found out they weren't getting a season four and were like, oh, we have to wrap up everything. And it was just yep, kind in of the worst way. Yeah. Um, but then they go back and they tell you the creator said, oh, no, we're always going to end at season three. But there was no mention. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, when a show is going to end. Yeah. And at the on the very last episode of season three, it's like, thank you so much for this journey. Peace. We're out. And I was livid. Mm-hmm. It just yes. it, it, everything felt so rushed. Like, I don't know if they thought they mm-hmm. had more episodes because like once you get to Ethan's dad's place, it's mm-hmm. just like everything happens and happens and happens and happens like. And it doesn't totally make sense why everything all of a sudden rushes. Mm-mm. Yeah. But I actually didn't think Josh Hartnett was that great an actor until I saw him in Penny Dreadful. Oh, likewise. Yeah. Um, oh, in Sin City, I knew he had it. I and I remember seeing Sin City, but I, like for some reason I totally forgot he was in it. I can't remember what I saw him in. It might have been... Um, Carl Harbor that was the other movie I saw him in. Oh yeah. But um but like he was amazing in this sh- in the show. Yeah. Truly. Mm-hmm. I will say Sin City and Pearl Harbor are two movies I have not seen because I, I those are both released like when I was under eighteen and had my media very, very strictly controlled by my uh, I think very, like very Sin fundamentalist City. parents. And I but I've had mm. no excuse to not go back and watch those again. I think you would really like Sin City. Agreed. I think I would. I, I love Neo Noir. And it has a it has a great aesthetic. And mm-hmm. in the second movie, who do we have? Ava Green. That's right. There we go. Yeah. Yes, we do. It all ties back together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so a little funny fact about um, Malcolm Murray. I got a friend at work to watch the show, Tabby, and she loves the show. Except the one thing, besides how fast it ended, that bothers her is when um, Malcolm shaves his mustache. <laughs> Tabby. Both of my coworkers watch the show. Tabby and Aaron both hate that they're like he has no upper lip and it just i don't like it and it's just the funniest thing to me that that is like what they zeroed in on that character i understand so, that because one of my absolute favorite shows of all time was hannibal and in the third season mm-hmm. when he gets incarcerated they give him just a little bit of a bang haircut and it <laughs> made me infuriated how dare you do that to maz mickelson the audacity it's the disrespect for me but yeah that was so so what I'm what I'm reading between the lines is that Tabby found Malcolm Murray 
attractive when he had the mustache. I I don't. It was Tabby and Aaron. <laughs> and okay, I think okay. they just found him more acceptable looking. With like it, just, it really felt they kept <laughs> being like handsome. He's he a is. handsome man, but they kept being like he, he has is. no upper lip, and I'm like, it, but he's always looked like that. He looked like that in James Bond, guys. Like, come on. I he didn't have a mustache in James Bond. There's another. No, he sure uh, didn't. Six degrees with him and Ava Green. That's right. She was a Bond girl. Mm-hmm. With She's been in everything. Yeah, she was in the same movie Maz Mickelson was in. Oh, that's right. He was in it, too. They need to stop fucking with his eyes as a villain because they do it in a ton of different movies where yeah. they just mess up one of his eyes. And he has beautiful eyes. Leave mm-hmm. my favorite actor alone. <laughs> he and Gary Oldman. They're my favorite actors until the day I die. <laughs> so did anyone find the witches way scarier than the vampires? absolutely i actually thought that the vampires had such a cool like finally well how do you redo a vampire right (laughs) we've seen it so much more in media than almost any other creature or monster (laughs) and the way they had it where they had like the hard bone with the carving underneath Mm -hmm. that was beautiful Mm -hmm. practical effect and that team deserves all the accolades um but the witches were way way scarier and i Mm -hmm. love that we tied in madame kali from the first season with the seance mm-hmm, back yes. into being one of our main villains. That was probably the best bit of writing mm-hmm. and tying so back far. into Harry Potter because, you know, Helen McCrory. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, she's an incredible actress. And the yes. fact that I don't, it did not seem like they planned on having her back. And then they brought her in, in such a strong way. And mm-hmm. I think we've all had that feeling of like, Oh no, my dad has an evil stepmom, and that's definitely what happened with that whole storyline. Yeah. Have we all had that feeling? <laughs> well, I mean, in in movies, it's always a scary thing for me—the evil stepparent. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I've not experienced yes. it myself, yes. but we've all had that kind of like, oh no. But also, like when you you know meet her and you find out that she is a witch, like outside of the Madame Kali thing she does, like one of the first things she does is kills one of her underwitches. Yes. Yes. That witch fucked around and found out. Yeah. (laughs) Like she did not mess around. And it was just like, she seemed kind of like affable and like is, you know, seems fine. And then all of a sudden it happens and you're like, oh, she means business. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, The whole, the makeup for them was really cool. Such a different kind of thing and the way Mm -hmm. they moved in and out of the shadows. But then I was like, because, you know, later on, Ethan decides to bone the fuck out of one of them, which just infuriated me. Um, But is is her feelings about it? (laughs) Is her is her witch form her real form? Is he boning some deep cut albino witch scary lady? Or is that just her super form? <laughs> they never really explain that, do they? I mean, the the witch forms were were scary, and like the way that it just like the clothes just kind of dissolves and like, you know, they just like transform into it was really effective, and especially like when they were in the house and they were hiding in there. Mm-hmm. That and was, the shadows, and yeah, they're coming was, in and out of the wallpaper. Yeah, but why why mm. the cuts? Because some of the cuts are are ceremonial and they're occult like, but yeah. some are just deep cuts that they just always have on their thighs or yeah. their well, breast. Well, and... said that she was given them by the devil, that he's the one who scratched the cuts into her. I mean, alright, I'm also, not going to yuck your yum. <laughs> I was going to say, third option, aesthetic. We all have tattoos. Maybe the witches are just really into the way the cuts look. 
yeah, it's maybe it's a, it's a modification body mod type thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I like peg tape, but I felt like, and I think this is just a symptom of it just only having three seasons. I felt like they could have done more with peg tape. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, because uh, I mean, and even... of course, more with more with Patty Lapone. Let's have her. Yes, God, yes. Everything. She was amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad they brought her back for season three as the um, yeah the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Or the alienist she would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, as the alien. I thought that was really interesting how they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the only good things in season three because it made me really, really mad. <laughs> but well, just the whole season? Didn't season three introduced Renfield also. I know I've yes. already mentioned how much I love Catriona, but. Yeah, Renfield. That Renfield was scary too. Such when, a good performance. When he's just sitting at her desk eating the frogs, mm-hmm. listening to the recordings. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's right. It's I had to go through so... my memory, and I was like, because all of a sudden, you know what I was thinking about was the very, very gay Egyptologist. Oh, Lyle. Loved him. loved him. Oh, gosh, we never got the mummy season that we should have got. Yeah, and he should have been fully in the center of that. Yeah. Uh, the mummy is my favorite classic Universal movie, so... We I mean, you guys know it. that the creature from the Black Lagoon is mine. I've got yes. it tattooed on my arm. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, Lyle was great. Um, I also like Dr. Jekyll. Mostly, like, I like that actor, but I also like what they did with Jekyll because you get a lot of book-accurate Jekylls throughout. Like, there's a million Jekyll and Hyde movies. So mm-hmm. having him be mixed race and have that kind of the center of why he's obsessed mm-hmm. with duality was really mm-hmm. fascinating. I think that actor did great. It's just a shame he never got to do more with it. Because it was a really I'm so happy character. you brought that up because I a hundred percent forgot that. Because <laughs> there's not I, there wasn't was enough time with yeah. No, and no. and you're right. He was very very good, uh, but did not get a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like and, and I, Shazad Latif gets yes. rightly lauded for that role as well as his role on on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite Shazad Latif role has to be on Toast of London. Oh where my he's gosh. A, a hipster sound engineer who likes to wear shirts with nipple cutouts. I have literally met that person in my, my life. I've, I've actually met people just like that. Yes, uh, yes, working yes. in entertainment for as long as I have, definitely. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things I want to bring up, I don't want to derail you, is mm-hmm. how much the show pulled you in in episode one. Because who mm-hmm. didn't fall in love with Proteus? Yes, like, you think first, that that's the first time he's done it? And you then sure all, do. Yeah, and like, oh my gosh! That's Enjoy the, the fairy lights, ma'am. Yeah. Would you like? Would you like mm-hmm. one of these roasted nuts? Just the sweetest little baby, and then all of a sudden his face <laughs> just goes white, and you're like, "What's going on?" Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Oh, so horrifying. Yeah. And beautifully done. Yeah. And you think mm-hmm. you're gonna hate mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster? You think you're gonna hate Caliban? Mm-hmm. But you end up empathizing with him so much in yeah. the long run. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Yeah. I think I think all elder sibling can empathize with Caliban. <laughs> <laughs> and here, there's another really book accurate character because in the original Frankenstein, the character the monster is very well spoken you know he taught himself to talk by reading and you know i think they handled that very well and they also did the thing that they did in the book where frankenstein is like oh this worked scary i'm gonna run away yep Mm, yep 
One other thing I have to address about the first uh, couple of episodes was I could not understand Brona <laughs> at all. That's and a- I understand it was a very <laughs> accurate. Uh, I rewatched that episode so many times. You're like, what the hell? Until I could finally get subtitles on one of the platforms I was watching it on. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I did <laughs> not know what she was asking him. She's like, hey, hey, her. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful actress. No hate on that. She was doing an accurate accent for yes. the area. Yeah. And she was nailing it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, no, Billy Piper really went there with Brona and then later with Lily. Um, I think that she was one of the most feminist forward characters that we've seen in... Mm-hmm. Um, in modern media. Yeah, I think that absolutely. she get, does not get enough accolades for that. Mm-hmm. She was more feminist to me by far than uh, Ava Green's character. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, and I think that they made that really explicit towards the end of her relationship with Dorian Gray. Oh, yes. Yeah. Little bitch boy. <laughs> yes. Dorian's just like, and like, I guess because the character in the show is supposed to be much older than the character, like in the book, like they say he's like centuries old. He's just so bored with everything. But I think the way he portrayed that was really good. He did. And he was like the whole first interaction with Brona and mm-hmm. Dorian Gray. One of the sex, who would think mm, tuberculosis porn? Yes, please. Like, who would have ever <laughs> okay, thought that would hot. be a thing? It was hot. It was yeah. extremely hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I And I would all kill to have an ass like that it. man. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sweet dreams tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, um,. I like how there was actually a theory for a little bit um, that he didn't have the painting yet at first, which I don't know how mm. people thought that after that scene, especially, but that um, later right. when he meets Angelique and then she finds the painting mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, he poisons her and just the, the finally seeing the painting was great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I, I let really me let's... delve into sorry yeah. <laughs> no no go ahead i was just gonna say i want to delve into that theory of oh he he didn't have the painting but he was you know repeatedly stabbed and just healed really quickly and was that just a thing that you know men oh, no, had that, the ability that, that to do in 1898 that. That, that was, oh okay oh, yeah. okay yeah. i see what you're saying okay <laughs> yeah it wasn't until like angelique explicitly found the painting and people got to see it that people because i remember on tumblr like looking at theories and people were like dorian doesn't have the painting yet i'm like okay but that whole scene with brona where he literally lets her cough tuberculosis in his face how does he not have the painting yet y'all right right yeah exactly and that's that's episode one or two isn't it it's It's early early on it's early Mm -hmm. yeah not not all fan theories are great is what i think we're getting yeah (laughs) help help me remember all right so brona fucks ethan Brona fucks mm-hmm. Dorian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brona fucks Victor. Yeah, so but as Lily. I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, as Lily. But it's still it's still her. Yeah. Um, because at some one point she mocks him and it's like I knew who I was the whole time in your right. face, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Ethan fucks Dorian. Yes. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was great. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then Ethan, uh, Ava, excuse me, Vanessa fucks Dorian. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to connect all this. So Dorian and Brona have gotten around the most. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Did we actually, I don't think we ever actually got uh, to consummate the relationship between Vanessa and Ethan, did we? 
No, unless you're counting. No, I the believe comics. he stabbed her. That was just no. kind of the yeah. end of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it was like a very I was so sad. Stabbing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As as stabbings go, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it just, I know, as someone who, when you get caught up in these mm-hmm. romantic, you know, stories. Those were the two that you wanted to fuck, but instead, yeah. Dorian and Broder are just running amok through fucking England. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just dicks abound. Although Ethan and Dorian together was like, "Thank you, thank you." <laughs> I was not expecting it. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then doesn't when Ava's uh, when Vanessa's possessed, doesn't she? throw that in his face i'm almost positive in the room she does yeah she throws yeah. that in his face and she calls victor a virgin <laughs> oh, bum, bum, wow. bum, until lily's like what a what have i got for you yeah <laughs> I, I did see another fan theory on victor that he's only attracted to lily because he brought her back from the dead so it's an ego boost thing it's, Kinda, a, it's yeah a god i wonder complex. if he is to a degree a necrophile I mean, he oh, was... Oh, that would, that would track. He was kind of feeling up Verona's body before he brought her back to life, which was a very yep. uncomfortable mm-hmm. scene. Yep. Deeply yep. uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, just... also, uh, the things that my head goes around it, when we see Proteus and he's doing all that stuff and that poor man's penis is fully out, they're like, hey, welcome to Penny <laughs> Dreadful. We have a around, lot of dicks. Yes. Fully, fully out and also on ice. And I know my friends who do work in the film industry, they make the fake ice, but I'm like... Where was the budget here? Did we have the fake ice? Or were they like, hey, this is your breakout role. Suck it up, buttercup. Let's just, you know, where did it go? This is the shit that keeps me awake with Penny Dreadful. Like, was that real ice or was it I mean, not it real ice? Showtime and, money, so I'm sure they had the budget to have. Showtime's not HBO. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, we don't have a bazillion dollars to get a dragon in a show and fuck the dire wolves for some reason. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> As a non-Game of Thrones watcher, uh, do you mean the dragon literally fucks the direwolves? No. no I, I wish. Oh, that would have been more entertaining. No, no, no. They, uh, when I say fuck the direwolves, they spent oh, all their money. The okay. yeah. They spent all they their money the animating. Yeah. yeah, because they didn't want to animate them oh, and see. do all that stuff. And I'm like, you have so much fucking money. Yeah, they just money. like what forgot you... that cut John the, had a direwolf. Well, that's the whole meme series, isn't it? We just kind of forgot that John was magic. We just kind of forgot that, you know. <laughs> that is such an interesting thing that they're actually writing uh, papers on about how something has fallen so hard out of pop culture. Yeah. Nothing has had that kind of fall in my lifetime like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Nobody talks about yes. it anymore. We're no. the first in two years. I did see someone have a a, uh, a, co- a Halloween costume that they were wearing like a garbage bag and then the sign on them said Game of Thrones last season. Oh. Yeah, that's actually And they were holding a Starbucks cup. Yep. Oh, yes. Yep. The memes that came from the Starbucks cup on yeah. set. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, that was definitely some an in-betweener. That was definitely his job and he got fired for that. I promise you. Mm. But I can't believe no one noticed that in editing, though. Yeah, I'm... We had that same thing happen in The Mandalorian. Yeah, the guy with the shorts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I will say I didn't notice anything like that in Penny Dreadful. 
Well, now we have to rewatch mm-hmm. the whole thing. No. <laughs> One of my biggest regrets with Penny Dreadful was not buying the tarot deck because they did oh, was that merchandise. Oh, that's insane. They had great and merchandise, especially during they season did. two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a shame that that didn't happen. It's just still so weird to me because they were pushing Penny Dreadful hard and it was doing really well. And then, like, they were just like, oh, nope, we're done. Well, that's again. They're they're going back, and I don't know if this is just retconning it, but they're saying that the person who created it, he always envisioned three seasons. I'm like, really? Because it definitely feels like he rushed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and then they did a comic series after to like tell you what happened after, and like what you know when Lyle was, you know, in Egypt and back, and they had a whole, and like it, they kind of had to fit it into like obviously what the show did, but it seemed to be what they had planned to do if there was another season. Well, that's good that they tried to finish it up, and I hope Lyle found love. That's my real hope for the end of Penny Dreadful. Yes. Fuck the rest of them. They were drunks and deranged and whatever. Mm-hmm. But Lyle, <laughs> our sweet baby Lyle, was pushed into so many things he didn't want to do. Yeah. And then, of course, we had um, the Native American guide for Ethan. Remind oh, me, did he die also? Did he die? Did he? Oh my god! I was gonna remember what the cat. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it off up. Screen. Hold on, guys. But they, but they, <laughs> they killed off, they killed off Malcolm's uh, friend from Africa, and it, that's such a trope. Yeah, yep. Look at all of our white heroes, and let's kill off the people of color. Mm-hmm. I'm like, give me, yeah, a fu- it, I'll sacrifice myself for you. It's, it's just so right. And like they had the whole old. thing where Ethan was like, "Kill me! Yep. Don't let me kill you." And he's like, "No, you have a purpose. Like you have, you know, I can't kill you." It's like, do you really, Ethan? Yeah. Well, point, it's just the classic really? thing: kill the people of color and kill, kill our poor gays. It's always seems yeah. to go that way, right. and it's very upsetting. Lyle did survive, but unfortunately, Bless we don't know his uh, ultimate outcome. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the gentleman who was with Malcolm. What a badass! He was. Yes. He, um, he gave some of the most unbelievable performances, but his character was just such an incredible warrior mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, yes. so if you're going to do a new storyline, instead of going to the City of Angels, let's do some background story on him. I'm sure that actor would be down for it. Let's go to Faraway Lands and see how he got all of those amazing um, body modifications. Because yes. that's part of yes. his culture yes. and his tribe. I would like to know more about him. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sick of... of pasty white people in London. <laughs> yeah, they killed off some Bene ridiculously early. Yes. Um, but yeah. We all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the whole sort of vampire hunt subplot, I, I, I want to say subplot because it, it did get, you know, sort of pushed to the background from season one to season two. The, the vampire hunting in season two, I found ultimately kind of lackluster. Like the big revelation that Malcolm had fucked uh, Vanessa's mom was just like okay, we're, we're dealing with supernatural creatures here. This isn't the most shocking thing you're going to tell me. No, and I do think that the more important thing was that one of the reasons Mina was pushed away was because Vanessa went into some sort of fugue state and fucked her soon-to-be husband, but I mean, <laughs> really saved her a lot of mess in the long run because what a piece of shit he was. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was Did a anybody else feel like there was... Yes, he was. Uh, does anybody feel like there was sometimes weird sexual tension between Malcolm and Vanessa that should have oh, surely God, yes. been platonic? Yeah. Yeah, because well, they also <laughs> kind of implied that Vanessa might be his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yeah, but then like also the first time, you know, the demon comes to her, he comes to her in Malcolm's form. 
Yeah. You know, and then they do it and accidentally scare her mom to death. So that was... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if my mother saw me masturbating with a crucifix, I don't think she'd take very kindly to it. No, that's no, true. I yeah. think that there might at least be a trip to the hospital for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Minimum. Do you have any Valium? Yeah. <laughs> any uh, ammonium salts? Oh, gosh, that reminds me of, like, one of my favorite scenes ever is when... um. It's during the possession episode where they're all kind of taking care of her and Ethan first comes mm-hmm. in and then they're showing like Ethan, Simbene, Malcolm and Victor all in a room and Ethan goes, what's wrong with her? And Malcolm goes, she's possessed by the devil. And he goes, oh, fuck me. And like just the way Josh Hartnett says it <laughs> in that scene. Oh, no, it was great. I can't believe I forgot that because it was such a good The line. delivery was perfect. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna have to rewatch all of these. Yeah. Honestly. It's just, same, I think I haven't same. wanted to do a, because in between seasons I would rewatch, you know, the earlier episodes. I haven't wanted to do a rewatch because I am so embittered by the ending. The end, yeah. And, and let's be honest, what shows have we seen that really ended great? The only one that comes to mind off the top of my head is I think The Good Place had an excellent ending, which we won't spoil yes. here because it's pretty new. But yeah. Dexter had a terrible ending. Fringe had an awful ending. J.J. Abrams can't finish fucking anything properly. <laughs> so it's just... have an ending. Well, that's just something we're not going to get into right now. Okay, I'm still so <laughs> soon for me. <laughs> Um, I know it's been nineteen years. I, I know I didn't yeah, watch it's it just... until seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what a great show that was! But yeah. um, God, it's so just good. it's just super upsetting that there could have been mm-hmm. a better resolution to the entirety of the show. And I felt like uh, Caliban's uh, ending was a little bit better, although extremely yeah. tragic mm-hmm. in but nature. I think, yeah, you know, like. I kind of figured it was always going to end in some tragedy for at least a majority of the characters, but I think he at least got a little bit of peace. Um, very sad, though. Very, very sad, but yeah, yeah I think it was more closure for him than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I remember Ethan stabbing Vanessa. Where the fuck did he go after that? Just he, They had the little funeral, and mm-hmm. then... Oh, yeah, because Caliban came out after that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then that was really the end. I, yeah. I gotta say, one of the uncharacteristic things that I think they wrote in for Caliban was when he just randomly snapped that child's neck. That was a scene that made less than oh, the one on no the boat? sense to me. <laughs> the one on the boat? Yes, yes. I think the thought was, I'm going to give him a quick death rather than freezing to death or whatever, like this respiratory thing he has. But it was just so yes, abrupt fair. after having this yes. happy thought like of him remembering his family and his own child. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that and like even like the characters in the scene, they all kind of jump. Yes. Yeah. Well, and see, I like, have completely yeah. blacked that out. I don't remember that. I, I, I'm I just like literally like searched a my little memory. bit traumatic. But then it was but the beginning. I'm remembering. And then I'm remembering the amazing scene where we're first introduced to the Wolfman, who ends up being um, Ethan. But the mm-hmm. the whole scene with the child and the sock and the the mother yeah. and the bathroom oh, and it oh, was yeah. that was directing at its finest. The cinematography for that was fantastic. Yeah. That was one of a the lot of things that happened scenes. with horror. Yeah, yeah, and and it really that was the, the first episode really sucked you in. Yes. Um, one of the things that you'll hear me say again and again about horror is that it's um, it's made in the pacing. Mm-hmm. 
horror has mm. to be done in the pacing and people who are better at horror don't have to show you everything like we see that in the movie the thing mm-hmm. we don't have to see every mm-hmm. moment of the actual creature to build up the tension it often builds the tension for you your imagination is often better than any engineer so i think there was a lot of that with penny dreadful that just kind of built that that tension that you really want and their pacing was really good until the end yeah <laughs> when they, yeah, they were heads. so good up until about halfway through season three yes and like it was so mad because they were introducing so many interesting characters that they could have gone anywhere with because they introduced dr seward and renfield and catriona and jekyll and like they were really yeah i thought we were getting the second set of the avengers here and instead <laughs> we just ended the fucking season or the series I so upsetting i love the, the the whole plot line about Frankenstein and Jekyll being like childhood friends who have some sort of like Mm -hmm. rivalry but also like are really close because first of all the actors just played it well and two like just like Dr. Jekyll and Dr. Frankenstein like you know pushing each other on in these bad decisions just was great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah almost like a toxic masculinity (laughs) like and it was interesting because like the way they wrote the characters like they knew like in like the arguments the two characters had like they knew exactly how to like pick at each other to like get the other to react and i just thought that were insecurities yeah and it was really well done with the two of them and the two actors played it great and then like at the end like it's just like victor leaving jekyll and being like oh bye it just it felt like it was just dropped it was weird yeah, like I said, it did feel, when you're talking about introducing all those characters so late into the game, it did feel like we were moving past the original mm-hmm. cast. Because a lot of times you'll hear it that these incredible actors, they don't want to do seven seasons. Two yeah. or three is great for them. Right. But you bring in new characters and you cycle through and maybe, you know, Josh Hartnett makes an appearance six mm-hmm. seasons in and <laughs> he's living in a farm in Utah with his awful witch girlfriend. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she died too, didn't she? Yeah, heck, I can't. Yeah, shot she by, did. by Good. dad. Yeah, Cute. it was she really it abrupt too. It just she yeah, jumps on a table and he shoots her, and she's dead. And I'm like, could the witch not well, have stopped a, that? That's the thing. That the, where are the powers in any of this? Mm-hmm. Like they're all over the fucking board, including the vampires. We have humanoid vampires, and then we have giant stone Nosferatu, Nosferatu. Egyptian yeah. looking motherfucker. Yeah. Like I, you know what? Where's my handbook? <laughs> I need a monster handbook for this <laughs> to really track it. And then inside of it, I need there to be one of those little foldouts about who fucked everybody. I need a chart, a flow chart, yes. who fucked everybody and yeah. Penny Dreadful. <laughs> oh um, I do like when they first introduce that one vampire that has like the exoskeleton and they bring it to Frankenstein and he's not yes. really interested at first and then Vanessa pulls back the you know the sheet and he sees it and he like examines it and I just thought that was a great introductory scene for him because you know he's Frankenstein at that mm-hmm. point and just you do yeah yeah and for him to be like that interested like and he's talking about like you know what he's observing and you know if he thinking somebody else is out there also you know bringing dead people back to life like I, I just thought it was a really great way of introducing that character agreed agreed um i did like the dracula storyline the little love storyline we had there mm-hmm. with vanessa i just and wanted vanessa to be happy i wish oh. they had not told you so soon that he was dracula like yeah let me but keep i mean thinking i could see he's it the coming. dorky scientist 
Yeah. Well, I I have to say uh, one of the fun things is I got to visit that actual museum where they shot at, Ooh. and all of that terrible taxidermy that's there <laughs> is just always on display. Just so you guys know, I Victorian love it. Taxidermy but the, is it is. Great. It's there. The and the fact that it's just fucking there all the time is hilarious. They're like, yeah, we're just gonna dust it every now and then and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, but some of the scenes where we're going back to cinematography, those scenes of her in the snow outside of the museum are some of the most gorgeous mm -hmm. in modern television. Because yeah. the costume designer yes. really picked okay. these unbelievably gorgeous color palettes for her mm -hmm. and then would put her in the darkest you know, sets where it's purely white around her and she's in a very deep mm. scarlet outfit and she's in complete blackness. It just, the way they dressed her <laughs> was unbelievably fantastic. Yeah. All of the costumes yes, were great. I Malcolm dressed like... Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh gosh, the first time you meet Ethan and he has like that wig and that fake beard on though. <laughs> is oh, so accurate to that time though. That's a hundred percent historically it, it's accurate. It's just so funny to see Josh Hardnett in that, you know, because you're not expecting that. No. And let yeah. me tell you, I, I what a what a doll he must have been because I've had to do historically accurate, ridiculous costumes like that on mm -hmm. performers. And the pushback mm -hmm. you get, well, I, I don't like how high these pants are. Well, I'm sorry, but men back in the day wore pants right under their nipples. What do you want me to do about it? Was it was like they didn't like... know that they could make jackets longer yet at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's really what it looks like because the jackets were all real short too. And then like, you know, a little later on, they're like, oh, we can make our jackets longer. and The pants don't have well, to be as high. You have to remember throughout history for men and women, different parts of the body were considered to be the most attractive. So perhaps mm. at some point, extremely long waists were the more attractive thing. You remember well, ankles, ankles were like, ooh la la. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think probably 1820s to 1870s, men just loved those nipple pants. They came into fashion in the 1820s and they... They didn't leave for a while. Yeah. They were definitely there for the long haul. But whoever was doing the yeah. costumes, the hand, they, when you do this and you costume, and I know all three of us do, the lace and the beading on her, that was all hand done. Oh, I mean, it, and it was gorgeous. That I mean, is not all of the costuming was yeah. beautiful. Like when they have that fall um, during season three where they all go to, where it ends up raining blood. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. just the costumes before that happens, like Vanessa's and Hectate's and um, Lily's was just beautiful. Yes, yes. I think now, one of my favorite taxidermy. performances. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Taxidermy. I was just going to say back to the taxidermy topic. Um, if, if either of you were a piece of terrible Victorian taxidermy, which <laughs> piece of terrible Victorian taxidermy would you be? I would want to... I, I would want to be the an surprise tiger. <laughs> um, good. I'm good. definitely the very remorseful Tasmanian tiger. Okay, okay. Which which I are completely extinct me, now. <laughs> it's very sad, honestly. It's, it, it makes me sad every yeah. time I look at a, an etching of a, an adorable critter and then I learn that they went extinct 200 years ago. Yes, because of um, hunters. Yeah. Like yes, Malcolm. Yes, yes. Damn like Malcolm, exactly. The bastard. <laughs> I, I think I would be the uh, Komodo dragon that they did not know how to reassemble that's just grinning toothlessly. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that, that one is <laughs> well, You know, I'm going to have to draw that for all of us. <laughs> yes, please. Please. Oh, yeah. 
And for anybody who does end up listening to this, please tell us what bit of a Victorian yes. taxidermy would you be? Yeah, <laughs> please tag us in Pic- your pictures. We yeah, pictures are for extra points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing about the show, it's a beautiful show to look at visually. Mm-hmm. Just everything is done so well. Um, until those last like three episodes. <laughs> It's always that, it's, and we're never going to change that. I'm never going to feel differently about it. Mm-hmm. I They just, they rushed it. Something yeah. happened. I don't care if they said they planned it. It did not seem that way. Right. Especially since not a single fan knew that it was the end of the show until no. it was the end of the show. Yeah. I literally screamed out loud, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I have to ask, what Very did you guys think about, li- like, Verona's transformation into Lily. Like just... I thought at first she was going to be um, another trope for misogyny mm-hmm. because they were using her yeah. like a living doll. Every I... single one of them. Victor, Caliban, yeah. and even Dorian. Even Dorian's Vanessa. like, let me dress up. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Let me dress them up like my little doll. Uh, and her mm-hmm. taking the other um, sex workers off the street just and giving mean, them a home and yeah, empowering no. them and turning them into it. these badasses. It was, they turned that trope so hard on its head that I just ended up loving her so much. I was just going to say, I wanted more clarity as to whether she truly knew she was Brona from day one. Because quite frankly, I don't think Brona would have been that eager to fuck Victor. (laughs) Um, So so she did mock him with it like she had always known. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't mean she did. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. As I like the scene where she has um, all of the women, you know, she's brought them all into um, Dorian's house, and there's the one woman who's crying, and Dorian's like, hey, let's go do something. And she's like, I can't. She had a really bad night. Like, this terrible thing happened. She needs me here. And I just thought that was a great character moment for her because it she actually cared. Um, it wasn't yeah, like the seeing... bored immortal thing that, you know... Dorian that has he going has. on. Yeah. But he also, his mommy issues, because he didn't like that she was caring for someone else. No, exactly. That's what, and that's what made him go to Victor over it all. That she was mm-hmm. giving her attention to other people. And and the Fragile actress egos. who they rescued, uh, the actress whom they rescued from the underground uh, snuff club, mm-hmm. uh, she looked so young that it bothered me. <laughs> I don't remember the character's name. Justine. I'm sorry, because she was Shoot. on there so briefly. Justine. Yeah, yeah, Justine, she was. She did look very, yeah. very young. Yeah, yeah, I looked it up. She was in her twenties at the point, but she looked yes. very young. Yes. Yeah. But if we're being very accurate with those time frames, yeah, um, there were extremely young sex workers mm-hmm. throughout history. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. I will say the yeah. um, blood-covered orgy was probably my least favorite scene that season, besides the end. <laughs> Um, why am I blocking this out? Excessive. What the hell? <laughs> you don't remember? Oh, so it's it's a threesome. It's Dorian, Justine, and Lily, and it it's just a lot. It's it's Where really, the blood really bloody. The it's like... guy who was going to kill Justine, they have him tied up naked, and they let Justine kill him instead, and then they mm-hmm. all have an orgy in his blood. I mean, that's definitely how you how you get the tuberculosis. I mean, they didn't want to tell you that. You know, they weren't like, hey, stop killing people, having a blood orgy. Blade kicks in the door, takes care of everybody. Yeah, that was probably my most uncomfortable scene that season. 
I mean, you know, other vampire shows like What We Do in the Shadows that employ a giant degree so of fake good. blood. Yeah. So good. So yeah. good. But, but they don't. It's funny how unterrifying really it can be. Yeah. Like, it's somebody <laughs> exactly. like. Because it's, it's, you know, it can be really scary or it can be used for comedy. Like. Yes. That is yes. that is a very good point where, like, how do you take out all of the terror for it? Use it in the way that mm-hmm. what we do in the mm-hmm. Shadows movie and television show does it. Both yeah. of them really use that expertly to not be scary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I have to say that scene in Penny Dreadful did take all the terror out of it, but it, it didn't turn it into something sexy. Like with other series, like what we do in the shadows, it successfully turns it from horror to comedy. It did not turn it from horror to erotica. It was just Hold bloody and confusing. Second. It was uncomfortable. I have, to, I have to touch base on a potential thing that, mm-hmm. that I just remembered. In the seance episode, when she goes mm. completely rogue and she yeah. goes into the street and fucks a sailor who's just like, hey, yeah. Dorian's <laughs> watching, right? Does does Dorian, because he gets upset about it later on with Lily, does Dorian have a cuck fantasy? Because that's definitely what that felt <laughs> definitely. like. Definitely. Now, I mean, that, I, now that I'm with, with clarity, <laughs> you know. I feel like cuckolding is, is, enough people are aware of what it is that, I don't want to call it mainstream, certainly, but enough people are aware of what it is that if you are alive and young and hot and, you know, ready to go, four centuries that's gonna be like maybe number six or seven on the list it's gonna, it's yeah gonna it's not pretty, gonna be for, super far up. down it's not even in the furry right. territory it's it's higher up from that yeah you're right or you're the right. blood orange territory just... indeed yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah 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 we've, we've already passed that threshold so i'm just imagining dorian as a furry now <laughs> also okay, something but, i should but... probably draw <laughs> But what does being a furry in Victorian or early Edwardian? You crawl England into the taxidermy. Yeah, I was going to say this is the best taxidermy. <laughs> I'm imagining Midsummer, the end scene of Midsummer with <laughs> oh, a man in a bear suit, <laughs> and that's not, all not they to have get on access that, to. We should have we should have an entire Midsummer uh, podcast, but that Absolutely. movie had way Absolutely. way too much penis for me to ever enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy men uh, on the passing occasion, but man, there was a lot of penis, and I was like, ugh. Yuck. We'll have to do a yeah. whole midsummer episode. Um, so let's 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 say who do we feel was the worst character, and I don't mean they did the worst things, just the character that you were like, oh my god, this character is taking up more screen time. Um, I felt like I kind of feel Red that way failed. about Dorian. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I miss that. I miss that. No. Well, you so you think it's Dorian? Yeah. For me, it was a hundred percent Mina. I'm like, oh, just die already. Oh I'm God, little, yes. I why was like, she existed. I was kind of hoping she was, she was going to be the head. Brat. I was hoping she was going to be the head vampire. Oh no, she was no one of consequence. I know that was a, that was the part that yeah, yeah, jealous little girl. Mine was Renfield at first. I grew to like the character more as it went on, but at first, and okay. like, yeah, I was just like, "Why are we following this guy as he's trying to find a, you know, a sex worker?" Like, it was real uncomfortable. Like, there's so many sex scenes that were just real uncomfortable for me in the show. Yes. Yeah, they didn't want you to enjoy any of those sex scenes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> they were like, they, that was goes with that whole old school shame. Like, look at this. Look at it. You have to hate it. You can't look away. <laughs> oh, sexual train wrecks. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to name my autobiography. so what would you guys have wanted to see from the show like if you could go back and rewrite it what would you add in or take out i would want a genuinely happy ending for vanessa and ethan that involved some degree of sacrifice a la him killing his father or her killing malcolm um that they would give up some part of their I, I guess they're they're lush and dark uh, and underground lives in order to be with each other. I think I would have liked if we left London more for Vanessa, if Dracula, mm. with all the stuff of trying to get her to be this dark goddess and everything, if we had done that classic thing where we're chasing them through... I don't know, the Transylvanian countryside or, you know, the Far East or something along those lines, and we expanded the universe more. uh, And it was more of a chase and not just a, oh, yeah, it's at the museum down the street. Uh, Oh, now she's dead. You know, and just have that. And even if they don't get to be together, even just more of of a... Honestly, why did we have to lose her? Why couldn't it have been Malcolm who died or Ethan who died? Why did it have to be Vanessa? who's yeah. arguably probably one of the most powerful magical ones of all of them. Why mm. her? Yeah. Oh, imagine if she had gone to Egypt a Lyle when he left at the beginning of the season I would season have loved three. that. Would have loved that. She's like, you know what? I'm sick of you quote-unquote straight men because Ethan is not, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the fop and we're going to have a fabulous time in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And then I she think they would have had a good time. I do too. Yeah. And she would have gotten a little bit of sun. <laughs> and that might have helped her disposition. Maybe, I've been maybe all of this was... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe all of her condition was really just uh, a lack of vitamin D. <laughs> well, she got plenty of vitamin D later, if you catch my drift. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird that Dorian's like, yes, I want to have sex with you when you're all a demon and shit. Mm-hmm. I can't have sex because I'll lose control and be a demon. He's like, yeah, that's what I'm into. <laughs> I mean, that's when just you're mortal. Yeah, I, I still can't. It still kills me that people thought he didn't have his painting yet. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have to assume because um, the blood in his face, yes, could have spread the tuberculosis. Ethan fucking Brona was enough. They're kissing and heavy making out. <laughs> so we're true. just going to assume that Ethan being a wolf man mm-hmm. has some sort of, are we going with twilight rules here? I always <laughs> run hot. Like what's happening? Like what's the explanation there that Ethan is also like, I'm fine. Well, yeah. Cause there was even the part where she was like, it's getting worse. You shouldn't kiss me anymore. And, and then, then he's he, like, oh, da, 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 yeah. And he like immediately goes up to her and kisses her. Yeah. No, it's not really mm-hmm. explained about, you know, wolfmen and werewolves in this universe. You just know that he was made one. And he, I guess, didn't remember that Katene had done it to him until later on. Yeah. Almost like it was retcon. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, I wish we'd had more time with Ethan's dad, too, because I feel that actor, um, he plays a great, you know, evil character. And I really yes. feel like they could have done more with that. Agreed. Agreed. I remember. But there's so many. That's that's the problem with this is what it could have, should have, you yeah. know. We missed out on so much. And 
we had the opportunity. I didn't get to see much about the City of Angels, but we had the opportunity to make this something more involving people of color, and we dropped the ball on that. Yeah. yeah. I just... I tried watching the first episode of City of Angels, and I couldn't do it. And I love Natalie Dormer. I just... Love her. Yeah, that... I just couldn't get through it, unfortunately. I think all the time about uh, that Ask Reddit post that said, if you could uh, fuck two people with rhyming names, who would it be? And some clever bastard answered, Natalie Dormer and a clone of the former. Okay, that's great. That's yeah. gonna stay with me. Isn't that. it? Isn't <laughs> that, it? That's good. I don't know why she didn't work in that role either. She plays a great like bad guy. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just that show didn't work. Unfortunately, I think they were trying to recreate what they had with the original Penny Dreadful, um, and it just you know you can't manufacture that. It just has to work out. Agreed, mm-hmm. and especially when you're doing something in a more modern time. Right. you know it wasn't nearly as far in the past and you're doing it in an american setting mm-hmm. i mean uh, to a lot of american audience who were watching this london might as well be the moon so <laughs> it's true, it's true Victorian though like, london? That, that beautiful yeah that beautiful fantasy land what was it called london <laughs> you know yeah i think you're but right. when you put it in la where a ton of people live they're like eh. yeah well too, this like- new world doesn't have the magic like the old country does well too like i don't know if you guys have ever noticed but like american horror films never really happen in cities and if they do they don't tend to do as well Mm. or be as effective as ones that kind of take place more on the outside of society um yeah on the farmlands right yeah they love to do it in the suburbs yeah yeah like if you think like yeah the suburbs too yeah but you know english and like uk Horror always takes place in a city. Well, I was going to say, I think the yeah. one exception to a city one doing well that I can come up with just off the top of my head is Candyman. Um, yeah. Candyman worked so well Never in a city setting, Candyman. but That's well, I'm sad. 2020 took Candyman from us. I'm still waiting for that oh, release. Yes, I understand them holding on to it. Yeah. Uh, it looks it looks amazing. And Jordan Peele is involved, and I know he will not disappoint. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you're right. Like yes. that's the only one I can think that's in a city. I just I don't think off that, the top of my head. Yeah, I don't think America. Because Dark Water wasn't any good. Dark Water <laughs> and, and it, that was redone. Like a lot of the Japanese horror films do take place in the city, mm-hmm. um, and that was literally a almost shot for shot reboot of the Japanese film. Yeah, and a lot so, of the, yeah, but I think a lot of because the, the Japanese elements that are brought into those movies, I think that's what makes the ones that work work. But even, like, yes. The Ring, which is probably one of the most popular ones that it's a Japanese remake, it takes place mostly in the country. It sure mm-hmm. does, and in the suburbs and in the mm-hmm. far-out farmlands. Yeah. Places that seem so much further than they actually are. Yeah. But, like, if you look at, like, mm-hmm. English horror, they always take place in cities. Yes, they do. Yeah, I saw a theory about that once, that because, um, it's kind of like, it's almost like a guild thing, like, because the Industrial Revolution did make London and cities like London. It's kind of like these places of horrors with, like, these city, you know, the, the machinery and the smog and, you know, um, mm. the things like that. That's why that's scary to British people. But in America, we did a lot of, like, our really bad, like, historical things in the country, not the city. You yes. know, plantations were... And we weren't, de- you know, well, we weren't as there. developed either. That's mm-hmm. why. Yeah. So it just... It, it's almost like a cultural thing because 
of culturally where the worst things happened for us. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's still scary. And that makes a lot of sense, especially when you're referring to London. Because, I mean, London mm -hmm. uh, is not as big as it looks on television. <laughs> um, and it's funny because my friend from, from England was like, you know, where we live in central Florida, was like, hey, uh, let's go to Viva Las Vegas and we can drive there. And I was like, whew, okay, well, just be me driving. And she's like, do you mind if we stop by Ohio on the way <laughs> to vegas ohio exactly um just because when you're in europe you can literally bop from country to country it's boom 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 mm -hmm. until yeah. you get into the eastern european places but when you're in america i'm like honey that is a 20 hour straight <laughs> you know detour yeah. it's not possible because the states are so big Mm -hmm. And because we live here, we forget that. So that, I think, is another thing that adds into why so much of our stuff happens in the wilderness for mm -hmm. horror telling. Which yeah. hopefully... What's that movie that's supposed to come out? Antlers? It looks like it's about the Wendigo. And that oh. got cut from 2020 Ooh. as well. And that looks like it takes place in a lot of wilderness and subdivision. And mm -hmm. we don't have enough movies about Wendigos. Very yeah. cool. The whole Agreed. Native American mythos. Yeah. It's just interesting, like, what works when you have horror set in America versus when you have it set in Europe. And it really does and make a difference. It does. And I don't feel like we captured that well in Penny Dreadful. I didn't feel like we were in America when we were in America. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, I mean, I get what they were trying to do with City of Angels. I just don't think. Oh, I even mean in the season Ethan came home. Oh, when he, uh. Yeah. When he went back west, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like America. Mm -hmm. They didn't capture it nearly as well. And remind me, Ethan's um, guide, uh, did he ever use the term skinwalker? I think he did. Okay, because that's more accurate to Native um, American and First Nation people's mythos than I think he did in know, that Wolfman. Like, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I believe he did. Okay. I That's have. some really cool stuff you guys yeah. should look into mm -hmm. if you don't want to sleep. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I did raise myself on creepypastas. I am, yeah. I am familiar with the, the goat man story amongst others. Oh, I love goat man. I have no <laughs> idea who goat man is. I oh, just gosh. know about Skinwalker, so, Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, so yes, BuzzFeed yes. Unsolved did a really funny episode where they went to goat man's bridge, and it's completely ridiculous, but it's hilarious. I will send you the link. Fantastic. Please do. Yeah. So, so what other fun Penny Dreadful things do we have? Because we're getting late into this at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we talked about really all the things that I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to resolve my feelings about it. Do we have, do, are Same. we going to be each other's support group for that? Of, I still don't feel good about it. I mean, I definitely, well, if, yeah. If, I was going to say, if by support group you mean we hold seances while wearing Victorian dress, then yes, absolutely, I'll sign up for that. I can't remember the last time I was this turned on. That's a, that's a fantastic idea. And we'll take photos. Good, I'm glad. Yes, I mean, I don't yes. write fan fiction, but if you want, I will write fan fiction for you guys. And I just be like, thank God, finally an ending that satisfies me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is fan fiction about Penny. I imagine there is. There's got to be. Fan there has fiction to about be everything. 
And it's always about fucking. There's never a fan fiction that's like, and oh, they yeah. all had a lovely picnic yeah. where they boned each other down. Like, it's yeah, never... I have no problem with fan fiction, except I had students who wrote fan fiction, so I always felt that I couldn't read fan fiction because what if I accidentally read my students' fan fiction? Oh my god, why are your students Tina Belcher? <laughs> they were my cheerleaders. They were good kids. Okay, so that's our episode on Penny Dreadful. Thank you, Starly and Vivian, for talking with me about our feelings about the show still four years later. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Glad to help. Yeah, if you guys... This helps for closure. <laughs> if, you know, anyone listening, if you have any thoughts about how it ended, how you wish it ended, let us know. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Women Talk About Horror. You can also find Vivian at Vivian Burdent. And you can find Starly at Starly with two R's underscore spellbound. You should give them both a follow. So thank you again, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to end up rewatching Penny Dreadful now. I have to. Yeah. I'm gonna make I was literally, you, I wish you could have seen me. I wish we had done video for this because when <laughs> you guys are talking about the blood orgy, I'm staring off into space. <laughs> Try to like, in, like in Scrubs going, no, that's not it. No, that's not <laughs> it either. Why don't I remember this? <laughs> There's things that I tuck away and for, for random midnight. Oh my God, that happened. <laughs> this, this is one of those. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was. Um, um, Women Talk About Horror is produced and edited by Christina Paz. Music by Fesslian Studios. Please follow us at Women Talk About Horror on Instagram. Please join us in two weeks for our next episode.